working on you today. Okay? The reality is, is that we must pray. And then the red letters, Jesus Christ called us to prayer. Remember? As he went through there, that was one of the threads that he said. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That was the first command that he gave to prayer, was to pray for the people that didn't like you. That's not an easy one, is it? Have you ever prayed for your enemies? you ever taken the time and said, you know what you need? Usually we think, you need a good talking to. And that is what they need. But you shouldn't be talking to them. You should be talking to the Father in heaven. God is calling us to pray for those people that truly are our enemies in life. Those people that stand against what we believe in and what we love. And God is calling us to prayer. And that is the thing that I am concerned about in our country as we are divided. I don't know if it's become a call to prayer or just a call to, to post memes. God is calling us to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he said this. He says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in synagogues and at street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they will receive their reward. God is calling us to an incredible private prayer life. To have our own little war rooms. Those places that we gather and that we pray. God is calling us to that. And whenever I think of that, I think of Jim and Bev Butler. This He served in the, na- in the Air Force. They lived all over the world. He was a navigator. But I knew that when I called on them, I could visualize them kneeling at the couch in their family room and praying for me. Her life was both of their lives were cut short, and one of the most beautiful things was was when the pastor showed us their prayer list, and he said this of their prayer list that is so very important. This list is eternal. There is no expiration date on this list. So God is calling us to a private prayer life. And he says this in, in chapter 6. It goes on and he says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. We know this world of way too many words that say nothing. We experience it every day, don't you? Have you if, if you are trying to do the right thing and, and follow what are the guidelines for COVID, there is so much double talk. You have no idea what they're saying most of the time. Have you ever had a long conversation with somebody and come out at the other end of it and went, what did they say? What was on their minds? God has called us to be plain in our speech. When I think of this, I think of Manny, who was a, uh, was a dear friend who came to the Lord later in life and had never really prayed out loud. And I asked him to pray out loud in a gathering. And halfway through it, he just looked over at me and he says, Am I doing okay? There was something precious about that moment. If you read on in chapter 6, we have the Lord's Prayer, and we found out that it's not so much a model of what to say, but of, of, of the things that we should pray about and the things that include, should be included in our prayer. Things, some which are easy and others that are hard. I think the hardest part of that prayer is to forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. That's a hard thing. 
How are you doing at your memory? Uh, I was talking to someone the other day, and, and they were in a situation with, with a family member and received a very long letter that basically explained, this is all the things that are on my mind. This is all the things that I remember. There was a lack of forgiveness. A big part of our prayers have to be, have to be modeled after what Jesus Christ did on the cross where He just basically yelled, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. We give people way too much credit that wrong us and hurt us that they actually thought it out when in reality they have no idea what they're doing most of the time. In your marriages and in your families, none of us are laying in bed at night trying to figure out how to mess with other people. Even though the next day we wake up and we do. God is calling us to a different kind of thing. He goes on in chapter 6 and says this, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. It's really hard to keep the main thing the main thing, isn't it? It's really hard to keep what should be a priority a priority in our lives. It's hard not to seek third the kingdom of God or seek later on in the day the kingdom of God or eventually seek the kingdom of God if everything else isn't working out. Instead of becoming those people that seek first the kingdom of God because that's what God calls us to do. He goes on in chapter 7, verse 7, and he says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. We, we find these realities. In fact, if we go on in Scripture, all of a sudden, Jesus Christ gives a parable to, the, the, to His disciples in, in Luke chapter 18, and He says this, And when He told them a parable to the effect that they might always pray and not lose heart. Oh boy, this is an interesting one, isn't it? Have you ever talked to somebody and what they said is, you know, I'm getting a little tired of praying for the same things. You know, I'm, I'm struggling not losing heart. And so what he does so that they won't do that is he has to paint a picture of the, who the one we are that we're trying to trust. You know, some of you, how many of you have worked for an unreliable boss? Have you ever had that experience? You know, where you, you wonder which boss you're going to get today. And you know that he says something and rarely does that ever take place that's your experience and when we lose heart all of a sudden we start having this picture that maybe maybe god looks a little bit like that maybe maybe i didn't say it right you know we start treating him like he's from a foreign country you've done that before haven't you have you ever noticed that when you talk to somebody that doesn't speak english you think that they talk like babies hi my name is jim you know we start doing that to God. God, I'm not sure you're listening, right? But he gave him this parable because he thought it was important because they might be losing heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge 
who neither feared God nor respected men. And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect men, yet because the widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Okay? And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to His elect who cry to Him day and night? Will He delay His delay be long over them? I tell you, He will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? In other words, when the Son of Man comes, is He going to look around and find people that actually believe that God would do what He said? You see, Jesus is giving a warning to His disciples that's important when it comes to prayer. The reality is that sometimes praying is not an easy thing. Praying is actually a hard thing. And praying for some things is really hard. Wouldn't you say that, Agnes? Year 39 was pretty hard, wasn't it? Agnes prayed for 40 years that Michael would come to the Lord. It happened in year 40. And yet, the word here is that we have to trust that God is always at work. God sees our need. God understands our our desire for justice. And God will hear us. And so it's worth saying again, not like a nagging lady to a judge who is ignoring her, but as trusting children that know God will hear. God will hear. His timing might not be what we appreciate all the time, but God will hear. So what kind of prayers should we pray? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says this, Pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayers and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And so the first thing that we need to do is we need to be praying for each other. There needs to be this sense that, that we know that we have each other's back when it comes to prayer. There's no greater phone call I get during the week than, hey, pastor, this is going on. I was wondering if you could pray for it. There is this sense that, that we're supposed to pray in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication for each other. There is a way that we as the body of Christ need to take care of one another. And sometimes when we're praying, we might see a picture of what God wants to do. But we also, when we pray, might see something and say, hey brother, you know, I was praying for you yesterday and I, I, I wonder if I should bring this up. I wonder if this would be helpful to you. When you were on my heart, this was my concern. And I don't think it was there because I'm brilliant and I can see all things. I think it was there because God laid it on my heart. So there should be all kinds of prayers for the saints. You know, today we, we can celebrate the fact that the church 
is going to be sending a check of over $1,600 to Ramel and Julia. But you know what? God answered another prayer on the other end there. Because they only had a little refrigerator. And they could only put so much food in the refrigerator. And do you know what God gave them this week? A bigger refrigerator. You know? Because God doesn't just answer part of it. God answers all of it. God says that I've got this. And I have a way of doing things. And we need to be praying for each other. We told Julia years ago that when she went over there on mission, that we would be holding the other end of the rope. And we need to hold the rope for each other in every stage of life that we're facing right now. For every project that we have, for every dream that we have, all of those things, we need to be praying for one another. In Timothy, it tells us that we need to be praying not just for the saints, but for others. It's this, first of all then, I urge you that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and those in high position, that we would lead peaceful and a quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, whose desire, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, we need to pray for all people, okay? We need to pray for Mr. Como. We need to pray for President Trump. We need to pray for the people in Congress who will remain nameless. We need to pray for Jay. And we need to pray for Craig, our mayor and our our town supervisor. We need to pray for all of these different people. God is calling us to pray. But ultimately, we have to not just pray for them, that they'll do what we want, because that's kind of, if, we, if we're honest, that's how we pray for the government. Dear God, I just pray that they'd stop messing with us. You know? They'd get it together, and it wouldn't cost me any more money. You know, if we're honest, that's sometimes how we pray. That they do it my way, that they do what I prefer. But see, there's God's heart in this. And God's greatest heart is for the salvation of all people. That's His greatest heart. Now, I think there are things that He is concerned about at every level. I think that there are people that are are voting to change His laws all the time. That very much concerns me. Uh, You know, because this is is old-fashioned and out of date, and so we need to update it. You know, we've had leaders in our country that have done that since the beginning. Jefferson kept a copy of the Bible next to his favorite chair in Monticello, along with a pair of scissors. And if he thought part of it didn't really sound like it should be in there, he'd cut it out. Crazy, isn't it, to think about I've always wondered if you cut out a good, the bad part on this side, what about the good part on that side? But God is calling us to pray. 
God's calling us to pray for our enemies. God's calling us to pray for, for hope and trust in Him. God's calling us to pray for one another. But God is calling us to pray for all people. I, I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but if people don't have a relationship with God, I, I think we have to pray for them. You know, it's kind of like sometimes when you weren't sure what to say to your dad, so you said it to your mom and hoped that she would take it there. Uh, we stand in the gap for people sometimes. And so God is calling us to be people. Not a political people, although I think we should be political. But more importantly, a praying people. It, it was a very challenging thing to put that banner on the front of this church. We are praying for you. It's easy to say. It's not easy to do. To take a look at the situations and the frustrations and the things going on in our community and say, yeah, I, I prayed for that. I bathed that in prayer. Uh, I saw that concern and, and I'm lifting it to the Lord. God is calling us to be a people that pray. And so today, that's what today is about, is being that people. They pray all kinds of prayers for, first of all, those who are in the body. But more importantly, for those who are in our community, all people need prayer. God is calling us to prayer. I think of Dixie Edwards, who was Max's wife, my, my mentor, and in her house, she had this map of the world on the wall. I said, Dixie, that's a wonderful map. I said, what do you do? <coughs> and she told me, God has given me a burden to pray for children in the world that nobody else is praying for. So I sit up and look at that map, and I pray for the children in Indonesia that nobody's praying for, and the children in Mozambique that maybe nobody's praying for, and the kids in the deepest of Russia and the kids in, in parts of India. I pray for all the kids of the world. <coughs> I don't know what burden God has given you. It will be interesting to listen to each other pray today. But God is calling us to pray. So today, we pray. And to get our hearts ready, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and lead us and two more songs as we go to a prayer time today.